Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Every week, we interview founders, marketers, and researchers from innovative brands to learn how they're approaching their role and their category in a clever way. Welcome back to Dig In this week. Uh, so happy to have you guys and so happy to have Patrick Lambert, who is our VP of Customer Experience at Upside. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Megan. Yeah, very excited to have you here. Um, actually, this was a topic that one of our founders, Ian, was really interested in because some of the work that your team has been doing um, in kind of getting large sort of global companies onto the Upside platform and really allowing them or enabling them um, to do this well and sort of democratize access to it in a way that's sustainable. Um, that's something that's like a lot harder than I think it sounds like you don't, you can't just give away access to a platform and, and sort of expect everything to go seamlessly. So we wanted to dig into what we've essentially learned as an organization to, to make this easier for other people who are trying to do the same, whether that's, you know, clients that are looking to do this with a supplier or um, other agencies who are looking to kind of make their customer experience experience better. So I wanted to ask you, I guess, just as a starting point, um, what does customer experience actually mean for us at Upside? Great. Um, so since I joined Dig, I probably changed my title two or three times and I expect to change it soon again. And so right now we're using customer experience as a way to define all customer teams for the Upside platform. Uh, for us, that includes customer success. Uh, so you can see those folks as the account managers, people really knowing the business of their client, fully dedicated, making sure they have a good experience and that they meet their objectives. Um, customer support. Support tends to be something that's a bit seen as reactive to issues or when there's a, a problem, they jump in. But we take a very proactive approach to support, which is more around creating resources, um, a lot of materials so that whenever someone has a question or think they have an issue that they find, you know, their answers right away, right? So a, a well-educated um, group of users is, you know, leads to much fewer issues. Um, so, so that's our proactive approach. And finally, customer enablement, right? So we're, we're mainly here to talk about enablement. Um, so customer enablement is our group of researchers that are there to help our users become more independent in a way, more empowered, uh, so they can fully leverage the platform. So that could mean just, you know, more self-serve work, um, but really ma making the platform more like the client's platform, not just like a platform. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I see customer enablement as a title um, at a lot of different sort of SaaS research companies. Okay. Do you think there's anything different about the way that we approach customer enablement um, than the way sort of like, I don't know, any other ResTech platform might? Yeah. Um, well, I think it starts from the fact that like our product is extremely simple to use. Um, right. So there's nothing in our enablement that is about, you know, enabling them to use the product. It's all about enabling them to do better research. Mm. Um, so our goal is to... And then what are, and, and really like that's something we've, I liked how in the intro you explained that how did we learn, how do we develop it? Because that really was the process. When I joined the company a bit over three years ago, no clue anyone hired me to do this. Uh, and I wasn't planning to do this. And we just realized that's what our clients need, right? Um, so it's all about 
providing them that research experience and expertise through a self-serve project. Like in many cases, that's why we do this, right? Clients want to use it. They want to use it quickly. They don't want to spend too much. And they want the benefits of self-serve DIY automated while at the same time getting the benefits of working with a you know, top tier uh, research agency, right? So how do you do this? Is by building the expertise or, or, or locking in, in their platform, in their account, uh, the work that we co-create with our clients um, so that every time they do a self-serve project, they do it with uh, research or survey templates that are specific to their research needs and how they do things in that organization. And that research program they accomplished through our platform in the end really becomes a competitive advantage for them because they feel like this is how I innovate. This is how I do research. Uh, it is not just like a can methodologies from, you know, uh, a company out there. And when we think about the way that we've structured or we've, we've built or you've built, sorry, customer enablement, I always say we, as if I'm doing it with you, oh, you're helping. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, when you think about the way that you've built out the customer experience team and specifically enablement, um, talk to me about those, those like pain points or those sort of specific mistakes that you're trying to address within enablement. So you've obviously mentioned making sure everyone understands not like how to use the platform, but like understands best practices from a research perspective, but like what are some other things that are sort of uniquely challenging when it comes to getting a client on, on a res research technology platform? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, the notion of, doing research on a technology platform implies some kind of standardization, right? The whole notion of a research program is that a specific research that will be done to support, let's say, a specific step in a process. Right? A lot of our clients would use a platform, let's say, for idea screening, early concept testing, uh, maybe, you know, validating concepts for incrementalities or, or, or things like that, right? Um, and so one of the challenge or... or and it's not so much a challenge for us, but it's a challenge for the organizations, and that's why they're leveraging our expertise, is they have different stakeholders within their organization have different views. Um, someone's been using X methodology from a vendor, someone's been using something else, and, and typically the people that come to us would be like from a corporate team, if you want, and what they're trying to do is get people to do things in a more similar way across the organization, and in a... What, is, is the aim is to do it in a better way. Um, so typical challenge would be just from the fact that there would be some stakeholders that have, you know, their own ways of doing things and, and it's, 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 it's change management at that point, right? So, um, so a lot of the work we do really is helping that person in that corporate role be successful at implementing change within the organization. And we do that by lots of dedicated support resources uh, available to them, uh, training session, um, and, and really giving a lot of visibility to those uh, members of that corporate team so that they can easily report internally and show all the wins and all the impact that this program has. Um, because if that person is successful, then we are successful, right? So yeah. we've got to have that, that internal uh, key contact. I mean... And what level of customization do we think is required for some of this? Like, I know um, we're obviously not going to speak about specific e yes. examples today, but um, we've worked with 
many big global companies um, yep. implementing upside, uh, specifically for sort of like early stage innovation work um, or testing, sorry. But yeah, how much do you need to customize? And are there specific things that you can kind of take as standard? So maybe, for instance, you know, you know that you need to implement survey templates or blueprints within the platform. Yeah. Um, but like cer- certain other things need to be customized. Like, how do you decide what needs to be standard and what needs to be custom? Yeah. Overall, it's not that custom. A lot of it is standard or very similar if you were to compare how different clients do things, right? Because there are just best practices around how innovation should be done and tested. Um, the key differences come to more um, like procedural differences, how this specific client wants to pay for research, um, mm. how or, or which, you know, who or how democratic they want things to be in the sense of is are certain things have to be done by an insights person or is the marketer allowed to go in and click lunch without an insights person reviewing, right? Um, so it, it's typically more around the processes, but in terms of what an idea screen is, it's similar. Uh, concept testing, obviously, from one category to the other, you want to evaluate on different product attributes or things like this. But the like the surveys, like at Dig, we have what we call like Dig solutions, which are surveys that are um, you know, like solid and robust ways of, of testing. Um, what we end up doing with our clients is highly inspired from this. It's more that in place of giving clients a survey template that each users for their test would have to customize, you know, a few attributes or add, you know, maybe, maybe they really care in their category about an occasion question or, um, the screener needs to be specific. It's, 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 I guess it's it's the toppings that we um, right. That we, I always make sandwich anal- analogies, by the way. So it's the toppings that we <laughs> that we adjust, but the meat you know, the meat is the same. The meat and the cheese is the same. Yes, cheese is very important. Cheese meat is, meat very is important. optional. Like a cheese sandwich is a sandwich. <laughs> oh, love it. Um, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, as you're chatting, I keep thinking how this can be super, because obviously like the whole point of having Patrick on today, I don't want to make it sound like we're like upside is amazing and we're doing everything perfectly. I kind of want to, I want to make sure that people really feel like they're getting um, something, I guess, tangible, Uh, not that they're not up to this point, (laughs) but like getting something they can take into their work if they're trying to do this themselves. So imagine you're speaking to, imagine I'm a client and, um, you know, they've decided to work with us or whoever it might be decided to work with a provider. Like, what would you say they really need to bear in mind? I don't know if it's like the top two, three things, like a few key things that you need to make sure that you're aware of or taking care of when you're implementing something like this across multiple stakeholders. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think these are going to be very applicable to, you know, other kind of research needs or our platform or any platform, but the a lot of the trickier part is not so much like the methodology, but the the audience. Audience may be more of an art terminology, but I guess your sample plan or how you right. or who are you going to recruit in your survey, right? Because um, we do a lot of work that would be, let's say, like across categories or across regions and so forth. And there's, in the context of a research program, there's a lot of needs around comparing results and making sense of things and how is that compared to previous tests or all of these kind of needs. Um, and variability in 
how you build your sample um, will just make things you know not easy to compare. And that's where we see a lot of difference from maybe one user versus another. Um, yeah, so I, that, that would be, I guess, number one is, is we really need to make sure we're aligned on when we test ideas, who should be. And again, there, very similar to what I was saying earlier, there is a lot of like what is best practice, right? If you're mm -hmm. doing research supporting your innovation process, it is to predict how well your product would do if you were to launch it. So you should be surveying respondents that are representative of who would be buying your product, not the target that your marketing agency told you you were supposed to go after, right? Um, oh, that's an interesting little caveat. Um, yeah. Wait, yeah. I'm I'm intrigued by that as a marketer on this on this call. Yeah. When you say don't go after the people that like your marketing agency might have told you to, um, how do you define the difference between those two audiences? Good. So a a, a representative audience enables you to understand how well a product would do. So if one of your, so let's say we're launching a beverage and I'm going after uh, young, because I'm young, French men uh, <laughs> living in Toronto, right? That's, that's my market. Um, if, if that's important to you, that you do well with that specific demographic, you, you need to make sure in your survey or in your test that you have the ability to filter or to, you know, look at that specific group. But it's, it's the most important thing is to understand, is that product going to do well, right? Is it going to stay on shelf? Is right. it going to have the right velocity? Is it, um, you know, basically understanding like the kind of, of profile of how well it would do. And so as a start, you always need to make sure that you understand overall how it would do. And then to confirm that there is, let's say, a strategic fit, that it is actually doing well with that group. If you only test with that group and they tell you how right. they feel about this product, well, what do you do with those numbers? What do you compare it to, right? Um, so, so it starts by having something to compare it to. Um, and, and, and that typically is having an overall understanding, okay, this product wouldn't or be, would be quite niche within the general consumers of, let's say, that beverage category. When I look more specifically against my target demo, now it's a winner. Now it's doing very well amongst that group uh, because they really care about this. So then you know how to execute that launch. Um, so hopefully your, your, your target demo is a group that you can execute against, uh, a group that you can actually you know, reach. Because um, yeah. a, a, a target demo that is unreachable is not so much a target demo you can execute on, right? So yeah. that's the marketing part. That's where I trust you guys to know what you're doing. <laughs> no, honestly, thanks for going into that. That's like really important and not what I thought you were going to say in terms of like the thing that people really need to bear in mind is setting up their audience in the right way and making sure that yeah. they're executing at best practice. Is there anything else that you think people should be aware of? Um, you know, if you were talking to a client, like you're about to set up this program, make sure that you do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think like a, a, not so much about the setup of the program, but like a benefit of the program that even ourselves, we initially weren't so much thinking about at the beginning is that, um, or I mean, like fast forwarding to today, the way we set up program is with a full understanding that a year in, we want to start doing some meta-analyses, using some of our advanced analytics mm. capabilities to 
uh, evaluate lift and shift potential or different things like this because um, you know that's what all clients in a way ask us a year in uh, and then we realize oh we really should have been doing things differently from the beginning so yes right. maybe there's a client on the call right now we're listening to this that's like yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, we learned based on you, and thank you so much. Uh, and now, now we do it, you know, in a way where it's almost like it's part of a program that that we get into those meta analyses and those meta learnings a year in, right? Repeat year year after that. Yeah. So almost thinking about it, it's not just about being able to execute studies um, yep. on a platform, but it's also about like what the um what that large scale sort of meta, as you said, meta analyses mean based on those individual surveys, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. And, and since you ask for three, I guess I, I get my number three now. Um, <laughs> it, it's really about also like the value we provide is not so much in, you know, the fact that we, we build a solid, robust uh, research program that supports their specific need and how we make every individual project successful, but also that, that more like project management aspect, um, right. like having a partner that you can connect with on a regular basis um, to help you optimize your program, as well as provide visibility internally to your stakeholders on how things are doing, how many tests have I done, uh, which users are active. Uh, we're seeing this specific group to be having a bit of challenge. They have a lot of questions. How do we address this? Do we need to set up a webinar to talk about best practice and maybe have the person from this group come in and share their story? So all of that proactive work um, is part of what my team does. Um, and that's really, I think, like a key component of how we've set up CX very specifically for us is, like it, I mentioned support, success, and enablement. Mm. Um, something that's very important for us is that's not like three teams. It's not three silos. Everyone on the team has like primary responsibility, but everyone in CX is responsible of making sure their clients are supported, enabled, and successful, right? Gotcha. Um, so everybody helps. It's like it's one team, really. Okay. I'm going to ask you an annoying question now. Do you... Sure. <laughs> If you guys made any mistakes that you would like never make again, um, so like, you know, you're doing a setup and I don't mean, you know, data quality mistakes. I mean, like setup. Yeah, we don't do those though. Yeah. Ever. Um, and what I mean is, yeah, like from a setup perspective, you've approached it in, in a certain way or um, from a project management perspective, you've approached it in yeah. a certain way and you've learned a lot because um, it wasn't necessarily the right way of, of sort of doing it in the first place. I'm just wondering if there's been any of those learnings. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll stick to the example that I, I gave a bit earlier, but the the lack of standardization around audiences or I guess sample mm. recruitment profile, um, it's really something when we start getting to more, developing our meta-analysis capabilities that we realize, okay, now every research program we implement and roll out with clients now requires and we really set it up with that in mind, right? Um, that would be the biggest hurdle I, I can think of that we yeah. went through. Makes sense. Um, okay. The last sort of, the last part of this, I, I wanted to dig into, I mean, we're uniquely made up as an organization. So Dig Insights is obviously the consulting, the consultancy, and then Upside is a product of Dig. And, um, we are growing so quickly and we have these large clients that do sort of custom work with us on the dig side. 
And we have clients and those same clients are doing um, a lot of innovation testing through Upside um, and sort of work with your team. Talk to me about how we sort of break up the work across digging an upside. So for instance, with one of the clients that we've got um, an innovation testing sort of program running with, how do we know when they need to work with dig and um, yeah. or a dig consultant as versus yeah. someone on your team? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we really, um, so obviously I'm going to address the first thing like this. It's sometimes a little challenging um, yeah. and, and something that, um, you know, we, um, we, we keep looking at improving and how we provide this kind of like one, one company or one partner uh, experience for a client. Um, and, and, and the way we do it really is, um, so I, I guess I'll address the first part of your question. It's like, how, where, where do we split it? Right. Where, where is the line in the sense of who does what in a way? Um, so, um, any kind of engagements with our client that is about servicing or, or strategic consulting or basically, um, you know, servicing an individual project about, you know, we're going to do the work for you and provide you our insights and recommendation. That's always our client service team, right? So we don't have like two brands or two ways of doing the same thing. Um, so you can really see my team as the, the team that oversees the whole, um, you know, you've, you've licensed the platform. Um, and, and you've got a program. So we're overseeing the program. We're there to implement it. We're there to manage it and make sure it's successful. Um, and a lot of our programs, I think I've said the word self-serve maybe a few too many times during this conversation, but a lot <laughs> of our programs are a combination of self-serve and levels of servicing. Right. Um, so it's very common that our clients will say, okay, look, when I've got a brand manager that wants to test 15 flavors and all they got to put into your platform is 15 flavors, well, they should be able to do that self-serve. So we really make sure that we empower them to do that self-serve. But some of the research they do, they may need a little bit more help. So we have maybe a lighter service option for certain kind of things. And it always happened that clients have bigger, more strategic initiative, or they have something that's a bit more custom or something that's not you know, a true fit with the program. And that always uh, becomes like a fully serviced type of engagement, um, which is you know, always been the bread and butter of DIG, uh, our ability yeah. to um, you know, take on complex custom questions from our client and provide clear answers. Um, so yeah, so we, we just, you know, we work in partnership. We, when, when we get a new client, they get an assigned or dedicated customer success manager and they have a uh, insights VP assigned to their account as their principal research consultants. Those two people will work hand in hand um, at making sure our clients are successful in, in both service and self-serve uh, endeavors. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I think I'm wondering, do you think that this is going to become, this is kind of a leading question, but do you think this is going to become yeah. more, because we're seeing a lot, I guess, within the industry, a lot of, agencies or consultancies start to develop their own technology, a lot of sort of mergers and acquisitions in the space. Do you think that sort of this way of approaching insights work um, or re consumer research of having a consultancy with a technology arm, do you think that we're going to continue to see more of that? And as a follow-up to that, mm -hmm. if we do, how do you think that, how do you think, um, we will need to sort of evolve to make that work. Yeah. Uh, Big questions. Um, 
Yeah, big questions. Um, I spent a lot of time, you know, focusing on the more the day to day and not so much on this. But yeah. The, um, well, I, I think yes, right? So, so it's for me, it's not so much like how will the companies be? Will it be like tech companies, uh, research companies, or you know, will it be more like um, partnerships? And how exactly it's going to look? That that I'm, I'm I don't actually want to risk myself at forecasting that, but the the use of technology will definitely increase, right? There's, um, when you think of like how a research project is done, um, from the moment you collaborate with a client and come up with a design, you should just be able to click a button that says launch, uh, and then the results should be available there in a super easy way to interpret. Like there should never be, like that should always be the case, right? And that's kind of like what we're trying to build here. Um, and, and it makes sense that a lot of companies are also trying to build the same thing. Um, so technology is gonna increase. Um, we uh, also have very cool AI things coming up. I, I can't wait for us to be able to announce some of those things, but uh, AI also is going to play a big role um, in how you even report. Uh, so technology is going to keep increasing. Those that don't develop their own technologies will have to license it or have, you know, uh, be part of a, a partner program of sort where they can access that technology that was built by someone else. Um, and yeah, if I was like a hand client and I have the option of working, I mean, it's in the end, you, if you're looking at a vendor that has no technology and a vendor that has technology, you'll have one that delivers you insights quickly uh, and probably be more efficient at it. And one that's going to be not efficient at it. And so I feel like it, it's going to be a mandatory. So, so yes, yeah. for sure, it's going to be bigger because um, it's, it's, it's such a big impact on just the operational aspect of, of doing a survey. Um, well, I feel like in the question too, there's also this notion more of like, will there be more like programs, right? Will companies be more uh, internalizing the how they do things? Right? Because I think that's that's a big, big difference because the clients we work with, they don't use for, and obviously here, I'm really talking innovation specific, right? That, that's my background, that's yeah. what we focus on here. But if you think innovation specifically, like a lot of companies, they don't do their own thing. They don't have a process that's specific or research process specific to their category, how they want to do things, their vision of the category, their vision of how innovation should be made. They just use the way company or vendor X does it, right? Um, I think that's going to grow. I think it's going to grow the fact that more companies are going to want to like make it their own. Um, I've seen companies try to make it their own, like fully on their own. Um, that doesn't tend to go that well. So what I'm really like that what we're doing now here of basically supporting and enabling organization to build their own specific way of supporting their innovation testing. I think that's going to grow because every person in a leadership role in marketing there, you know, um, is looking for something that's more efficient for their specific needs. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really nice way to, to close out Patrick. This has been very interesting. Um, thank you for joining me today. And I mean, I'll see you probably on another meeting later today, but uh, <laughs> thanks right. for chatting about this. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. Find us on LinkedIn at Dig Insights. And don't forget to hit subscribe for a weekly dose of fresh content.